Aren't people awful? I mean, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but sometimes people are just downright awful. I heard from somebody this week who got in a car accident because somebody changed lanes and didn't shoulder check and so ran into them, so they pulled over, exchanged information. The lady admitted fault that she didn't see the other car there and changed lanes anyway. And then when they followed up later, she denied all culpability for the accident. Sometimes people are just awful. They lie, they cheat, they yell at you even when you haven't done anything wrong. But didn't Jesus come to set us free from the awfulness and the evils of this world, especially the evil of other people? Where is the grace that God promises to set us free from these evils that are around us? And this is the struggle of St. John the Baptist in the Gospel today. He's the one who points out Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But yet at this point in his life, He's imprisoned by Herod, and he's about to be beheaded. And so he sends his disciples to Jesus to say, well, are you really going to save us and set us free, or are we supposed to look for somebody else? Because right now, I'm not very free. And then Jesus sends back the answer to John, while the blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the dead are raised, and John probably goes, and me? What about me? What about the evils that he faces? But it's in that that we're reminded and pointed to a big part of what Advent is all about. See, Advent for us is not just about the expectation and the waiting for the celebration of the birth of Christ. Pope Benedict puts it this way. He says, purpose of Advent is to bring to life within ourselves the hidden presence of God. To bring to life within ourselves the hidden presence of God that is already there. And that's what Jesus does for John the Baptist when he gives that answer. Because if you heard in what Jesus says, he is quoting from the book of the prophet Isaiah that we heard in our first reading. And what he's saying by quoting that verse from Isaiah, which was a verse foreshadowing the presence of God, he's saying, God's here. I'm with you. Even though you are in prison, even though you are about to be beheaded, the presence of God is with you. And God is saving you, even if it doesn't feel like it, even if you can't see it. Salvation is coming to you. Because by these signs of the blind seeing, the lepers cleansed, and the dead raised, those are things only God can do. And so Jesus, by giving that answer, is saying, recognize God is present here with you. Because which one of us has not made the prayer at least once, probably more than once in our life. God, if you just deal with this or take this away from my life, I will never doubt your presence in my life again. But what are we doing when we do that? We're getting overly focused on things that are external, the material things of this life, and that God has to 
clear up those material external realities in order for us to believe in his unseen presence in our life. That's where John the Baptist is tied up today. He sees his material suffering in prison and he can't, he struggles to see God present anymore. But the truth is, is that even when God is not seen, he is present. Because there is more to life than just what is seen and what is touched and heard. God is part of the invisible part of life. But that doesn't just come naturally to us. We have to learn how to be open to what is not visible to us. We have to, be, have to grow by the help of God's grace to be accepting of that hidden presence of God in our life. Because if we get too focused on the externals, we will never be able to accept God in our life. Because he doesn't come to us primarily through the externals. He doesn't primarily save us by correcting all of the external evils that we see around us. He saves us by correcting the internal evils, the invisible evils, the evil of sin within our life. And so if we're going to be open to that conversion of life that we're called to, we have to accept the grace of growing in understanding and of seeing the invisible presence of God in our life. Back to the awful people from the beginning. Have you ever tried to look someone whom you dislike or maybe even hate in the eyes? And not glaring at them like you're looking right through them and you want Superman's laser beam eyes to just burrow a hole in them. And not look at them by thinking in your mind at the same time the whole list of things that they've said and done that are wrong against you but just looking them in the eye, seeing the person in front of you. Maybe I'm a little naive, but I believe that if you look someone in the eye, it's impossible to hate them. Because they say that the eyes are the window to the soul. And so when you look at someone in the eye without glaring at them, without keeping in your mind the whole list of wrongs and evils that they've done, what you see is the soul that God created. You see the invisible part of who they are as a person. Because when we struggle with others, what are we struggling with? We're struggling with the external material part of who they are as a person. What they've said, what they've done. That's what we're angry at. And when we get focused on those things, it becomes harder and harder the longer we hold on to those things to see the soul of that person that's standing in front of us. Our challenge, our invitation as Christians is with every person that we meet in our life is being willing and able to recognize that invisible soul that dwells in them. And when we do that, we see God. God made that soul. God doesn't make evil. The good is there. Is that hard to do? Absolutely. 
but we need to learn how to see the parts of life that are beyond our senses. And that's a big part of our time of preparation in Advent. Because the reality is that when Jesus was born, the world didn't recognize him. Only a few shepherds and a few wise men from a foreign land came to visit because nobody could see the presence of God in their midst. So for you, some really practical ways that you could attempt this from now and up till Christmas. Put up your decorations, these visible signs of the coming celebration of Christmas. But don't just put up the decorations, enjoy them. Sit in your living room with your Christmas tree and just have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and just look at the lights and all the different ornaments and the memories that are brought back with each ornament that's hanging on the tree and help you to meditate on the coming feast of Christmas. Do all of that Christmas cooking and baking that you need to do to prepare. But when it comes time to eat it, eat it with them. I still remember my grandma used to put great spreads out for Christmas, but she was so busy cooking, she wouldn't share it with us. She was always in the kitchen making more food. And we just wanted her to come and sit down and be with us. Make those preparations, but then enjoy them with the people that you've made them for. And then at Christmas time, when you go to Mass, go to Mass. But don't just go because it's what we have to do as Catholics at Christmas. But allow Christmas Mass to be that contemplation of this mystery that the God who is invisible made himself visible in his Son, Jesus Christ. Allow yourself that little bit of space during this Advent season to let that hidden life of God that is already present in us to come to life more. Ask God for the grace, for the faith, to be able to see him in your life, especially in those moments where the external part of your life doesn't seem to give testimony to God's presence. Because a huge part of our Advent preparation is to bring to life within ourselves the hidden presence of God.